Folks, the Winnipeg Jets are atop both the Central Division and the entire Western Conference. If you told me that 44 games into the season, Winnipeg would be leading the West, I would never have believed you in a million years. But here the Jets are, and after a massive weekend of three wins, including two back-to-backs, the Jets are sitting pretty at the top of just about every ranking you're looking for when it comes to the standings. We'll dive into this weekend of success and what lies ahead for the Jets on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Like I said on tonight's episode, obviously the Jets have uh, taken first place in the Western Conference, and they've done so with some rather difficult opponents over the last couple of games, and then one bit of a layup against the Arizona Coyotes that still wasn't an easy game. But, you know, we talked about uh, on our previous episode on Friday, Winnipeg beating the Buffalo Sabres. Wasn't the cleanest of games, but the Jets still got it done. And that, of course, was a very big win because, you know, as the first half of a back-to-back, Winnipeg then had to go to Pittsburgh and defeat the Pens, which is not exactly an easy task. I I know a lot of you have probably heard me talk about the Pens before. Uh, As somebody who lives near D.C., I hate Pittsburgh sports a lot. You know, this, this is really the bane of my existence and Mike Sullivan remains one of the top coaches out there, and he's got a pretty darn good roster to boot. But, you know, the Pens recently, things have been sliding a bit. You might have seen this team um, losing more games than they're typically accustomed to. This is a a very strong Pens roster that apparently has had some defensive issues, that has had some uh, lack of production from its top forwards. And so, you know, it's, it's a bit of a strange spot, right? Because Pittsburgh for a while was rolling. They were dominating opponents. And then, you know, the past couple of games, things have started to tail off, which kind of made me wonder, you know, after a a game against the Sabres in which the Jets at times got very much outplayed by Buffalo, how would Winnipeg play against this Pens team? Not exactly easy, uh, you know, getting on the bus and heading down to Pittsburgh just a few hours after, uh, of course, you beat a, a very dangerous Sabres team that, beat Winnipeg at even strength, but could not beat them on the score sheet. Um, But instead, you know, the Jets surprised us with one of their most impressive uh, games of the season. Winnipeg just straight up obliterated the Pens. And I don't mean in, you know, very relative terms. The Jets pretty much outperformed in almost every category anything Pittsburgh put out. The Jets were much better at creating high danger chances. They were creating far more chances in general. They had, you know, a lot of really great saves from David Riddick on the few chances that, you know, I would say were particularly dangerous from Pittsburgh. And, you know, the Jets just took care of business. Now, this was a game in which Winnipeg probably felt it was owed a few more goals. 
Mark Shifley had an unbelievable tip that he actually moved his skate out of the way to allow through, but uh, it was actually ruled offside thanks to a very close review of how much control he had as he came over the line before the puck did. And then, of course, uh, the most controversial one was uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who thought he had a goal, but instead that one was chalked off thanks to goaltender interference. Now, I know a lot of you have probably heard a lot of, um, I would say, mixed opinions on this. For me, right, the, the problem with Dubois' contact is that even though Dumoulin did kind of push him into the crease, Dubois sort of rode the contact and didn't really try to avoid uh, interfering with the netminder. By the same token, though, I see that call often not given goaltender interference. So I feel like for me, while, yes, he did technically interfere with like the glove, uh, I think it was the glove hand, you know, part of that was induced by Dumoulin and the contact was light enough to where I really felt it just, I don't know, in the spirit of the game, it really shouldn't be. According to IIHF rules, though, that would definitely be a textbook case. And I think the more you look at it and the way that you see Dubois sort of glide across the crease, there is an argument, uh, you know, in favor of that ruling. But I don't know. For me, goaltender interference is really annoying. I always feel like oftentimes the calls sort of go against the spirit of the game, but it is what it is. The Jets still found ways to produce quite a few goal scoring opportunities. Shifley did his thing. Uh, Wheeler, of course, scored. Perfetti had a hat trick of assists. Ehlers contributed. I mean, this was just a really, really sound game from Winnipeg. They controlled even strength. They were pretty decent on the power play, and they really didn't give Pittsburgh much to think about, which is nice because with Riddick in net, you you know you weren't really sure what side of this Jets team you would see. The only like really awful mistake Winnipeg made um, was kind of a funny one to be honest. Dylan Demello got a little bit turnstiled in the in the neutral zone. He's looked a little bit off the past few games, and I think this one probably uh, won't be living on his highlight reels anytime soon. He got turnstiled, he dropped his stick, and in trying to backpedal, got himself caught in a 2-on-1 that he never really had a chance to defend as soon as he basically gave up the space and allowed the pass to get through. But, you know, are, are you really going to be that upset about that? Uh, it's hard to be too mad when, you're, when your team is winning 4-1. Um, that one actually did come towards the, the first half of the game, so it was a game-tying goal, but, like, mm, I don't know. I, I think my opinion these days is, I just have a lot more confidence in Winnipeg to come back and win games or even re uh, retake the lead if they drop it just because the Jets, I feel, have done enough this year to where, I don't know, I feel confident in their ability to win. This is a really good team. I think that the Jets have uh, maybe not been nearly as good as their record indicates, but you know sometimes it doesn't always have to be that way, right? If you've got the good goaltending, you've got a dangerous power play, and your top six is humming along, things are going pretty well. Now, for all of the good stuff that came out of that game, the following game, which just wrapped up a little bit ago against the Arizona Coyotes, wasn't quite as clean. A bit of a home break for the Jets on their very big road trip, and it, it wasn't exactly the best game, if we're being honest, but the Jets still found a way to win 2-1, and we'll dive into what Winnipeg did well and what things they might not be as thrilled with in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system. Of course, this is the fall flu season. COVID's still running rampant. RSV is out there. So 
anything that I can do that's easy and healthy to arm myself with everything that I need is uh, a really convenient option. And that's why AG1 from Athletic Greens is awesome because you get uh, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help kickstart your day. And for a lot of you who are very health conscious, you want stuff that's got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, is very low in sugar, and AG1 checks off all of these boxes. It contains less than one gram of sugar, and it's also perfect for those on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free dietary restrictions. And even better, it costs you less than $3 a day, which is a lot cheaper than most of your cold brew habits. And with over uh, 7,000 five-star reviews, you really can't go wrong with what the crowd's saying. I personally think it's a great option. And, uh, you know, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water stirred around every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And best of all, uh, Athletic Greens is going to make it easy by giving you a free one-year supply of, of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just talking about what has been a, a pretty darn successful weekend for the Jets. Obviously, Winnipeg was having a uh, a nice run of form recently, but after a, a big set of back-to-back wins against the Sabres and the Pens, the Jets were hoping to continue things, take it onto home ice, and get a nice, easy victory against the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this game, I, I think, wasn't quite as clean as Winnipeg was hoping for, Uh the Jets definitely attacked the slot. They outcreated the Yotes by a pretty fair margin. So don't get it twisted. The Jets, especially the top six, um, and more specifically, the line of Connor Dubois and Ehlers, that unit was flying. Uh, the line was Shifley and uh, and uh, uh, Perfetti, I, or Perfetti was not quite as effective. I feel like in general, you know, I don't know. The Shifley line, it's, it's not really been humming along. I think Connor Dubois and Ehlers has been really fast and really dangerous, whereas Perfetti, Shifley, Wheeler, or whoever they cycle onto the right wing spot at times, I don't know. Something feels like it's still missing there. I think we're still looking for that high-end elite finisher. Otherwise, you know, Shifley is, is capable of doing really good things, and sometimes Perfetti has those moments of amazing passes too, but I still wonder if Wheeler is the best option on that line. For now, I think it's fine. It's just you start getting into the postseason, maybe deeper into uh, your playoff run, and you might wonder if, in fact, the Jets still need that extra top six score like we've been talking about for uh, a couple of months now. But this game, you know, I think the general story was uh, Winnipeg's top six did pretty well against the Yotes, and the bottom six did not. Uh, the Jets' third and fourth lines just really struggled to uh, make zone clearances. I thought that they got caught on bad reads. And, you know, it was thanks to Connor Hellebuck that the Jets really didn't concede a lot. Uh, the one goal that they did concede was uh, a Clayton Keller one on a really busted defensive clearance. Uh, a lot of Jets scrambling in the crease. Hellebuck trying to come out of his net, but having to fumble around a bunch of fallen Jet skaters. So, yeah, just not great, right? Uh, not the thing that you want to see, especially after... The Jets had actually taken the lead not too long before, but, you know, it, it, it is what it kind of is. I mean, this is just one of those games where, you know, no matter what, right, if you're, you're playing crap hockey, you still got to find a way through, and the Jets ultimately did. 
The game winner was actually a Blake Wheeler goal, courtesy of, of Perfetti and Shifley. A great passing sequence, the kind that we're kind of becoming accustomed to with this unit, uh, and, and one that I think is not that dissimilar from some of the stuff that we saw against the Penguins. If the Jets uh, are, are going to be unhappy with some stuff, it's going to be on the defensive side of things. We saw way too many opportunities where the Yotes had guys right dead center in the slot, a lot of chances down low, either one-time options, maybe some tip deflections, stuff that was really tight and in close, but thanks to Connor Hellebuck being Connor Hellebuck, the Jets ended up not conceding. But just not the, the cleanest of games. Winnipeg still won 2-1, to one, and uh, uh, Karel Vermoka ended up kind of soaking up a lot of really dangerous chances from the Jets. But, you know, the, the Yotes power play is definitely not something to trifle with. It's actually been among the league's better power plays this year. And you, you see the way that they attack down the, you know, down the slot area. I thought that they played a lot better than what you would expect from a team that's darn near the bottom of the rankings. And so, yeah, you know, I think the Jets took care of business, but I think this is one of those games where it's kind of like, yeah, highlighting maybe some of the issues with the depth players. One coaching decision I didn't necessarily agree with was Gagne getting scratched for Menelainen. Not so much because Gagne shouldn't get a rest from time to time. I think Sam actually should have some time off a little more frequently. He is kind of, you know, what, towards the end of his career. And sometimes you could see that playing a lot of minutes earlier this year did seem to have a, a bit of a physical toll on him. But it's just Menelainen hasn't really impressed me since joining I thought, you know, in his preseason run, he looked really dangerous. I thought that he definitely made the team. But so far this year, I don't know, his regular season performance, it's been a bit underwhelming. Haven't really cared for it. Uh, and as far as, like, the rest of the depth players are concerned, yeah, the bottom two lines really didn't feel that they were uh, doing quite as much as I would like. One issue that we've seen is, like, Lowry has, you know, recently not been scoring very much. Morgan Barron is often getting in very dangerous areas, too. Also, not really scoring much. Uh, Carson Kuhlman, I mean, he's just a guy who I, I think has definitely put in the hardworking shifts and everything. But in terms of like actual output on the ice, it's not quite been there. And then, you know, and the assortment of Stenland, uh, Harkins, who's, you know, currently with a moose um, and, you know, all of these depth players that the Jets are kind of working with. It's just been a bit underwhelming in some areas. It's nice when like the third line is rolling in the fourth line maybe soaks up some extra minutes, but overall, yeah, I think Winnipeg probably won't love uh, some of the deeper dives into like the third and fourth lines as they go through some of these games where quite honestly, the Jets really should have been dominating all four lines with, uh, but it just didn't happen in this one. But, you know, Hellebuck stood tall. The Jets still got a couple of goals to win. And I guess at the end of the day, that is still the most important part. And now the Jets are in first, but Towards the end of the episode, I did want to spend some time uh, talking about, I guess, what Winnipeg really should be focusing on and where they can still stand to improve. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking for the latest odds and trends for professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from uh, pro football, obviously heading into the playoff season, as well as college bowls. Uh, and of course the lead up to the national championships. And then we've also got basketball. And if you've, if you've got like a bit of a post world cup hangover, the return to domestic league action in Europe is continually covered. So 
whatever sport you're into, they've got your fix. And of course, if you want to listen to uh, wonderful sports podcasts, they've got plenty of those, lots of news articles, everything to help you plug into your favorite sport 24-7. And as always, they're still the fastest and easiest way to get all of the sports betting info you need. So if you're ready to get started, register right now for a free account at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just wrapping up Winnipeg's recent run of form, which has been pretty darn good. Very happy to see the Jets are are continuing to soar. Uh, Winnipeg is currently first in both the uh, Western and Central, and by virtue of being first in the West, uh, you would probably imagine that they are in fact first in the Central. And it's not really been an accident this year. This team is pretty good. And I think the Central Division itself doesn't have nearly as many top competitors, which is good, right? Uh, you, you do want to beat the best to be the best. But by the same token, if you can take a road that maybe isn't as taxing on you, uh, especially when there are so many good teams out east that you probably want to rest up for. Look, the path, of le- the path of least resistance isn't always the worst thing. So I think for the Jets, this is a really good window. Uh, this is like a season in which... The West is wide open. Winnipeg could even win the West, which, I mean, let's be real. None of us thought that would be possible this year. And if you did think that, you were probably not being entirely truthful with the reality of the situation. I mean, the Jets, coaching change, uh, some roster upheaval, and lots of injuries You know, throughout this uh, first several months. No one, and I, I include myself in this, this group, ever thought the Jets would be here. But they're here. They're doing fantastic stuff, um, and, and we're just really happy to see that. But, of course, the Jets still need some some focuses and, and some things at the trade deadline. We've talked about either a top six or a middle six forward, of course. Uh, I also think the Jets really need to reorganize their defense. Uh, one thing, you know, Pionk continues to really struggle with is, is pressure, and unfortunately, you know, his zone exits and clearances, they've been a bit of a disaster. In every game, he just seemingly struggles with a lot of the same thing. His reads are always off. Uh, his decision-making and passing seem to be bad. He causes lots of turnovers. He can't make zone exits. I, I feel terrible, but, you know, it is what it is. He's just not really a guy that I think the Jets can necessarily lean on, especially defensively. Uh, offensively, he still does some pretty cool stuff. He's got a good shot. His passing and vision inside the OZ are still pretty solid. He's got very good edge work, but the rest of his game is such a problem where I start to wonder how much value is he realistically giving Winnipeg, especially being paid at like five and a half million, you know, in a vacuum, you know, he is a guy who is roughly paid what you would expect for an offensive second pairing defender. But you look at the details, you look at how he's being used, the mistakes that he makes, how often he gets punished for that. And you start to realize, yeah, maybe the Jets uh, would be better served finding another home for him and giving him a chance to start fresh. Uh, of course, Winnipeg will probably not do that. I, I mean, it is what it is. Heinola is uh, certainly, you know, waivers exempt, so it's easy just to send him down instead. But I do think the Jets uh, really need to start working on clearing this logjam. I think with the upcoming trade deadline in March, and of course the Jets needing some forward help, um, we'll definitely see at least one defender swapped out, maybe Logan Stanley, maybe Pionk. Heaven forbid it's like a DeMello or something. That would be really bad. And if Heinola goes, it had better darn well be for somebody really good. So lots of options for the Jets, but I think, you know, Winnipeg defensively wants to tighten up 
and find that extra bit of firepower with, you know, the rest of the season kind of coming into focus, 38 games left towards the end. And, you know, the Jets are already in a really good spot to make the postseason. They're basically a lock if you can have a lock about a little over halfway through the season. But as far as I'm concerned, this team is basically stamping its ticket. It's just now kind of riding the rest of the season, making sure you don't get injured, continuing your form and uh, preparing for what should be or at least hopefully is a deeper playoff run. But I'd be curious to know your thoughts on the season so far. Drop your feelings and comments in the YouTube section below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to, uh, of course, subscribe and follow on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But for tonight's episode, like I said, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.